Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. This week on Not Sam Wrestling, the countdown to SummerSlam and to take over Toronto is on. Plus, Stone Cold Steve Austin is on the show. Listen to the Texas Rattlesnake with me. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Okay, welcome. Here we are. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. It's a big week. SummerSlam come early this year, huh? Are we all ready for it or what? I hope so, because it's happening whether you're ready or not. Here it comes. You can't hide. SummerSlam weekend, baby. I love it. I'm so excited about it. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Got a really fun show in store for you today. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the guest. Texas Rattlesnake. Fresh off of the Raw reunion. Headed towards the his brand new show on the USA Network. The greatest of all time, Steve Austin. But uh, And we'll hear from him. We're going to get into SummerSlam. We're going to get into TakeOver. We're going to talk about... Uh, AEW's TV taping selling out in the cities that have been announced uh, as far as where else they're going for their next sets of, or I would say sets, but their next uh, couple of live TV tapings uh, and a whole lot more. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I always get excited this time of year. SummerSlam is like, for me, SummerSlam is, I don't know. I mean, there's something special about WrestleMania. WrestleMania, WrestleMania is like Christmas every year. In the sense that we all feel it, right? It's all—it's in all of our blood. It's not just something you're excited about. It's just there's a there's a vibe. It's WrestleMania season, and everybody knows it. SummerSlam feels more like your birthday, where SummerSlam there's something, and I think that most wrestling fans feel this way. There's just something more personal about SummerSlam. WrestleMania is about the the collective. WWE Universe Wrestling Universe now with everything that goes on outside of WrestleMania on WrestleMania weekend. The sports entertainment pro wrestling universe all coming together. Same way Christmas and and the holiday season, you've got everybody coming together to celebrate at the same time. Birthday, you celebrate on your own. It's your day to celebrate yourself. That's what I think SummerSlam feels like to me. Part of that is because you know, you go through and there's so many great SummerSlams, whether you're talking about SummerSlam 91 from Madison Square Garden. I always liked SummerSlam 94. It was probably just because I was a certain age. I was a little kid at the time. But as the adult wrestling fan that I am now, you can go back and marvel at the Shawn Michaels Razor Ladder match. As a kid, I was excited about Undertaker versus Undertaker. I didn't know how they were going to pull it off. But I mean, you go through. SummerSlam 97, maybe my favorite SummerSlam of them all, Bret Hart versus The Undertaker. SummerSlam 98, Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. And so on and so on. I mean, all the SummerSlam memories that you have as you put together uh, what this festival feels like each and every summer. Uh, and this summer is no different. Probably because, for me anyway, why it's a little bit personal, is my first live show ever. The first live wrestling show I went to. It was when I was living. I was living over in the UK. I lived in England as a kid for about four years. 
And the first show that I ever went to, I was eight years old, or I was seven about to turn eight. No, eight about to turn nine. Eight about to turn nine. And the WWE brought SummerSlam to Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 people. And the last professional broadcaster, as a young man, was one of those 80,000 people. Along with the rest of my family, we went and saw... Brent the Hitman Hart versus the British Bulldog, which was huge in England. We saw Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior. We saw Tatanka versus the Berserker. It all mattered. Undertaker versus Kamala with the Undertaker driving to the ring in the hearse. Shawn Michaels versus Rick the Model Martel with Sherry at ringside, who all she demanded was nobody is allowed to hit the other one in the face. In hindsight, you know, as an adult, do I want to watch that match? I don't know. But as a kid, it seemed exciting. Stipulations are great. But I'll never forget being at that show. That is such a special show to be the first one that I ever went to. And because of that, SummerSlam is just always special. So now, to be able to tell you that, you know, within hours of this podcast being released, I'm jumping on a plane and headed to Toronto to be a part of SummerSlam weekend, it's mind-boggling to tell you that I'll be part of the SummerSlam kickoff show on Sunday and... The NXT TakeOver Toronto pre-show on Saturday? Unbelievable. Especially because you look at this TakeOver card, and there's no doubt in my mind, they're going to do it again. They're somehow going to do it again. We'll get into the whole TakeOver card um, once we uh, jump into the state of wrestling. But I'm super excited about that. And, you know, SummerSlam has always been a big time of year for this show because for the last four years... We've done the SummerSlam event in New York City because SummerSlam has been in New York every year. Uh, the first SummerSlam ever, it was, uh, I want to say, was it Corey Graves and Paul Heyman? Well, I think it might have been. It was definitely Paul Heyman. Uh, we've had, i just going over some of the people that we've had at SummerSlam. Uh, Kevin Owens. We had Gallows and Anderson. We had uh, Sasha Banks. We had Alexa Bliss. We had Seth Rollins. We've had Samoa Joe, and they've all been amazing. All of those SummerSlam live events are up on, available for watching uh, on the YouTube page, uh, NotSam, youtube.com slash NotSam. They're all great. And a lot of people were asking. And then we started coupling those with live NotSam wrestling shows. Like last summer, we did two live shows in a single day. In the afternoon, we did a SummerSlam show that aired on SiriusXM. And then that night, we had the 200th episode of Not Sam Wrestling live at Caroline's on Broadway. And a lot of people have been reaching out, asking if I'm going to be doing any live shows for SummerSlam. And the answer is no. There is no SummerSlam this year. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know of any venues in Toronto. And, you know, I could have looked around for one, but there's just so much going on. There, there's more and more going on for SummerSlam. And you want to think from an outsider's perspective, you want to believe that, well, if there's so much going on, that means everybody's in town. It should actually be easier to piggyback off of that, but it's not true. It becomes more and more difficult each year to get guests for the show because they're doing a hundred million things while they're there in New York. And so I just didn't want to add the complication to the Toronto uh, trip, especially with all the stuff I'm going to be doing that weekend with WWE. However, 
How about a silver lining here? Because this is an exclusive announcement. I'm announcing it for the first time. We are doing another live show. That's right. We're coming back to Caroline's on Broadway for the first time. Did we do something at... I don't even know if... I don't even think we did anything at WrestleMania. I think it might be for the first time since the 200th episode. This is the first time in over a year that we'll be back doing a live show at Caroline's in New York City, the middle of Times Square, Caroline's on Broadway. Sunday, September 8th of this year, I will celebrate my birthday, the birth of the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts, with you at Caroline's on Broadway for the next live Not Sam Wrestling Podcast. It's going down. Sunday, September 8th, New York City, Caroline's on Broadway. And I know you're probably all going to Caroline's right now to try to secure your tickets. I'm going to say, get them in advance. Make sure you get them in advance. But they're not on sale yet. Tickets will go on sale this Monday. This Monday, tickets go on sale for the next big live Not Sam Wrestling Show. You know I don't do these very often. You know, they're a huge undertaking, and I really only want to do them when they count. And this time, it counts. So August 12th, this coming Monday, tickets will go on sale for the next live Not Sam Wrestling podcast at Caroline's on Broadway. That show's going to be Sunday, September 8th. Monday, get those tickets. Go to carolines.com. And get those tickets uh, as soon as they go on sale. Of course, I'll announce guests as the as the days and the weeks go by. But trust me when I tell you. Every live show that I've done, and you can see, I, this is how confident I am in the live shows that Not Sam Wrestling does. I put them all on YouTube. A lot of podcasts do live shows. They hide the live shows. All the live shows, I mean, you can't see them immediately. But all the live shows as of right now, I think every single one of them is on YouTube. So go and check them out. You can get a taste of what we do when we hit a venue live. But you're not going to want to miss this. Oh, and by the way, it's the day before Monday Night Raw comes back to Madison Square Garden. So if you want to make a three-day affair of it, come to Caroline's on Broadway, see the Not Sam Wrestling live show, the return to live. That's Sunday. Monday, go to Raw. Tuesday, go to SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. I mean, Madison Square Garden is walkable from Caroline's on Broadway. So if you're coming into town for Raw, if you're coming into town for SmackDown, get in the night before Raw and come be a part of this thing. Be with all of us at Caroline's on Broadway for the next live Not Sam Wrestling show. All right, let's get into the podcast this week. Here he is. I've decided to give to you the greatest of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Uh, He was uh, in town in New York this week to talk about uh, his new, I guess it's a talk show on the USA Network, but it's basically, it's an interview show, but he's interviewing celebrities. He's had like, uh, he he had Sal from Impractical Jokers. He had Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias, Becky Lynch, the man was on the show. Tons of people. I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. did it. Trace Atkins did it. Uh, But he's interviewing these people as he's doing some kind of, crazy outdoorsy or whatever activity. Um, I can't wait to see the show. I know you can't wait to see the show, but more importantly, 
I know you can't wait to hear this conversation. He came by SiriusXM. Uh, he popped on to the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show. So you'll hear another voice on this here interview. That's the one and only Jim Norton. But for those of you that don't have Sirius, I wanted to make sure that everybody heard this. And for those of you that do have Sirius, I wanted to make sure that you got to take home an audio copy of this interview. So here it is. This week on Not Sam Wrestling, the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Until Stone Cold has cleared That's right. the area, you're not permitted oh, there to come he is. In. Look okay, at him. He looks just in. like oh, Stone Cold. the Bell Cold. of Honor. No, I don't ring the I'm Bell of Honor. I'm going to ring the Bell of oh, Honor for Stone Cold. Oh, my God. Where don't do he? it. Oh, here he is. The Bell of Honor. Oh, my God. For Stone Cold. Steve, I'm sorry you have to deal with the Bell. Welcome to the show. That has to be the most goddamn irritating thing you could hear walking into a studio is a cowbell announcing your entrance. <laughs> The Bell of Honor. That's right. <laughs> we do it for our most honored guests. I love the way the Bell of Honor. Yeah. I've never had a Bell of Honor before. I don't know how to feel about this. I wouldn't feel. I mean, to walk into a radio studio and the cowbell is ringing. A special, the, a specially designed Bell of Honor for Steve. Explain to me this Brillo pad that is attached to your face, Sam. Thank you. What <laughs> in the wide, wide world of sports is it going on here? Steve, you know how important it is. It's terrible for men to have masculinity about them and you know that's something I've struggled with for a long time no no not yeah. you yeah. not yeah. you I just I the don't the man built on chicken nuggets <laughs> <laughs> and so I grew this beard because I can grow a beard yeah and that's one of the few masculine things that I can pull I, off you know and, and as your hair kind of keeps migrating south that's right got this the other day I was talking to my wife and I was like you know I was fixing to go do some TV stuff so I'm mm-hmm. like I'm trimming up my nose hairs I've got hairs in my ears I'm like when all this stuff started migrating south now it's on my back and my ears and my nose and wh- what the hell happened what went wrong it I don't shifts know, man. it, it just does. shifts location it, 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 it's a paradigm shift as far yeah. as the hair follicles are concerned yeah, yeah. Did, does I'm it bother confused. you no it didn't bother me because it was the best thing that ever happened to me because you know that when when you got back in, in, in pro wrestling back in the day you had to have long hair because right. that was kind of like the thing to do but when I shaved off my head, uh, my or my hair, I don't want to shave off my head. Right. That would end my life. <laughs> when I shaved off and my that'd hair, be a shame. Yeah, it, it ended up being a much better look for me. So it all worked out. There's a happy ending here, Sam. Yeah, but I, yes. you have a good head. Like my head is so big, and my body is so slight of frame. Yeah, I got nowhere to go, man. No, 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 no. We, we that don't be so negative. Don't be so hard on yourself, Sam. Okay. Come on, don't be. But he's right. Up. He is well, right. He is right. <laughs> he's correct. He does have a misshapen head and an awful little body. <laughs> now, does that? I mean, this it, normally hair being added to the back wouldn't bother you, but when you're a pro wrestler and you're walking around in little trunks all day. Now you've got all this body hair that you got to shave all the time. Is that right? Well, since I'm kind of retired, it'll be like I'll be walking around the house without my shirt on, and my wife will look at my back. You know, the hair on my back, it'll get about three inches long. It's disturbing. <laughs> you know, like those rugs you put in your bathroom? Yeah. It's like my back. And so my wife get the sheep shears out. Say, so it's, it's kind of a thing where we do it like a, a once a quarter. Yeah. Does it I itch see, when yeah. it comes back? Does it itch? Do what? Does it itch when it comes no, back? No, 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 it doesn't itch. And then one time uh, she talked me into going to uh, getting waxed. And man, it lays back here and she puts that stuff on and just rips it all you know, out of your back. I said, no. Nah, I'm hurt? I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm like man. probably one of the toughest human beings to ever walk God's green earth. I was just thinking that. But when I'm, some lady's out there pulling the hands out of my back, <laughs> yeah, I'm tapping. <laughs> Can you imagine getting your bag waxed? Ah. Uh. <laughs> 
I do it for the right amount of money, but, <laughs> right. but, but, but like on a double dog dare, no. 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 Right. no. Yeah. But if I needed the money, I would. What if you want to do it for the TV show? What if you met somebody that you were like, okay, you know, we got this TV show, we're doing interviews, but we're going on adventures, we've done everything there is to do, it's time to get a nice Brazilian wax. I'm passing. <laughs> you are. I can't I'm do passing. it. <laughs> TV show's not bringing Everybody's in that kind of dough. Everybody's got a limit. <laughs> it's apparently very painful. It is? Very, very painful. I've never done it. I don't need to. I'm Come very hairless. On, but- I shave. It's like three and I'm done. I'm totally, I'm totally smooth. You're totally you're, you're to- the weed whacker. Oh, yeah. No, no, I keep it nice and trim. I don't want to see it gray. Like I'm getting more gray hair, so I keep this short, and it's just it's depressing. Neck to toe, you're bald. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's bald. wow. That's how can you do that? Once a week. I yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I can't. When I when I let it go, I can see how much gray is coming in, and I'm like, depressing. Fuck. Yeah, I don't need to know it. Like I know it, but I don't need to see it. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah. Even like with the goatee, wake up a couple more gray hairs every day. Do you do like, anything with it? Do you dye it all? Or? No, no, man. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you do do you keep your head like shaved, like TV ready shaved when you're not doing TV, or if you're out on the ranch? Is there some growth coming in? Oh, man, there's some growth, and I got that horseshoe, and it ain't cool. <laughs> <laughs> but every year, when I still have my ranch in South Texas, that's when I tell my wife, that's what kind of grow my stuff in like you would. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have enough time. It'd be over a two-month span. I see. But I'd get you know pretty good little, you know, turn to a man again, you right. know? And then I, I would keep this with just my uh, my peanut clipper, uh-huh. just so, because when that kind of starts growing in, but, you know, you got the horseshoe, you got that, 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 I would keep that at a certain length, but I'd let this go. I see. And, yeah. and, and, and towards the end of deer season, after two months of solid growth, I, I really still started feeling a lot more manly. That's why I grew this. You yeah, feel more yeah. manly. And then, of course, then I got to go back to LA and do stuff, <laughs> so I got to shave it off. Right. And, but now that I've been doing so much TV, like, I'll shave about every other day just so I can keep everything nice and tight because when you start letting all this get out of control, it's easy to keep manicured and looking good if you stay on top of it. So that's what I'm Plus doing. Plus consistency. I'm using beard butter. I'm, I'm doing oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. The conditioner. When you shoot, you want to look the same every day. You can't look different and have yeah. long hair one day and short hair well, the next day. When you went back to Raw a couple weeks ago, did they have the beard guys there? Have you seen that the WWE's got beard guys at, at the shows on, now? Man. Yeah. I'm going to throw my phone through the window. <laughs> they, they, they got a beard guy. There's beard trimmers at every show now. Yeah. Like get it, like, a, like two or three guys. That's, what, he th- that's what Sam thought he was. Some guy took Sam into his car and <laughs> caressed his beard. And Sam's like, do you work for them? And the guy went, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Oh, but yeah. you know, to your point, there are a lot of guys on the show rocking these new, new beards. That's, that's right. That's kind of like the end thing to do. Like Absolutely. We used to want the long hair back in the day. These days, it's all about a big-ass beard. Right. Now, do you feel pressure, especially when you're doing TV, that you got to keep the goatee because you, you just have to look like Stone Cold. You figured out your look. You got to keep the look now. It's not about looking like Stone Cold. It just, you know, when you don't have any hair anymore and you've been used to seeing me with a goatee for so long. I remember when I shaved uh, the, the mustache off uh, many years ago just to do like a low budget movie, mm-hmm. you know, and I just had this and mm-hmm. I appeared to uh, promote the expendables. And all of a sudden, all I had was just this chin piece without the stash. And everybody was like, like, who is this freak? I mean, yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't look the same. We so, don't want him. We yeah. want him. Don't. So this is the best look for me. And, and although I've been married and stuff like that for, you know, 15 years, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, be an international. Uh, you're not trying to be a sex symbol and meet sex girls? Sex symbol. Yeah, I, this is the look that suits me. I have a question about hunting, too, because you're in the woods all day. Have you gotten ticks? Oh, man, you got to watch the ticks, man. <laughs> that freaks me out. Lyme Lupus, disease scares me. Lyme, Lyme disease, all kinds of stuff. i got to pull them off my dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's different. And of we, course, it's yeah, different. Yeah, and you can, you can also bust out a cigarette lighter. There's all kinds of tech right. stories we get into, but yeah, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, man, <laughs> to your point, man. One time, uh, me and my brother went out, and you got this deer. So I figured, oh man, you know, I'm a big macho dude, and you know, been in the gym, so I'll just pick the damn thing up, throw it on my shoulders. I carried that thing for about 300 yards, put it in the trunk of a Camaro. This is way back in the day. And man, I just had ticks all over me because you don't realize how many ticks are infested. Have on. I'm like, you know, I'm like pulling these things. Oh, I got, I bought a flea collar because flea collars also. Oh, you really ticks. did? Yeah, I actually did. I wore it. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like half the women I fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't carry deer like that anymore. And I'm lucky some idiot wasn't out there and shot the deer while I was carrying them on my shoulder. Right, <laughs> right. right. Easy kill. <laughs> they see me laying there with the deer. Hey, we got the bonus plan. <laughs> that scares me, though, because that messes you up and you don't even know you have it, so I avoid the woods. But hunters, I'm like, how do these guys not get them all the time? Man, you just, when you take a shower, just check your body, and if you see one, feel one, whatever, get that son of a bitch out of you. Yep. Is that what you do? You just pull it, or do you have your own method? Or you burn it, or put Vaseline, I think, right? Yeah, you pull it, you know, get some tweezers, make sure you get the, the little prongs out of there. there yeah, there's the a head. whole, there's a, how did we come here to talk about a show and end up talking about ticks? It's important. Well, I'll it's, important. It's, I, it's important. I want to promote the show. Sam didn't want to, but I wanted to ask you. <laughs> this is one of the things that, that, that ticks me off about this show. You see? There you go. There it is. So who are some of your guests? Work you know who the guests me. are. No, but Work. I wanted Steve to say it. Work with me here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we had uh, uh, Gabriel Iglesias on there, fluffy guy. He's like one of the hardest uh, touring comedians out there right now. He's incredible. He's like a road warrior because like 52 weeks in a year, he's out 46 of them. He's like the boys. And you know, he's got this compound in Long Beach. And he built it, because he's such a fan, he built this like an exact replica of how WWE would do something. He's got his 18-wheeler with his merch on there. He's got his bus <laughs> yeah. when he goes out on tour, and he's serious about it. And, you know, he, he, he's, he's crushing it. So Doing you know, arenas and theater, that son of a bitch makes a lot of money. Gabriel Iglesias is a hugely successful Can I tell guy. you how I know how big of a fan Fluffy is? I, inter- I interviewed him, and we obviously we got to talking about wrestling, and I you know, asked him for stories or whatever. First story he told me is that one time I got to take a shit in Stone Cold's house. <laughs> oh, no. Hope you moved. <laughs> he blew up my damn toilet. And the thing about it was, you know, this, I think it was like the first time or second time he came over to do the show, but the first time he came over, you know, I, I was kind of like in one of those fitness kicks. Depending on what I'm trying to do, I like to drink. And so, <laughs> little secret here. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break for a second so I can improve your life once again. Look, with all the projects I got going on, I'm very, very busy. And that's why I want to tell you about Monday.com. See, Monday.com is a team management tool that's going to improve your office workflow. It makes it easy to track projects and stay productive. It's something I need. It's something everybody needs. A little help staying productive. Instead of emails, spreadsheets, random files, whiteboards, to-do lists, post-it note reminders, Monday.com organizes and tracks everything in one place. Takes almost no time to set up. Go to the website. You'll see how intuitive it is. It's amazing. It's super flexible, which means you can customize it to be exactly what you need it to be. It's easy to stay organized and find files. You look through your emails. You find stuff. It's a nightmare. Monday.com organizes everything in one place, so you're not wasting time searching for the things you need. It also creates accountability. Be honest. What's more annoying than asking somebody to do something and never getting a response? Are they working on it? Do they never get the email? How often are important tasks getting lost in the shuffle? With Monday.com, you can easily assign tasks to coworkers and you can track their progress on your projects. 
The platform is suitable for any size team, from two freelancers working together to thousands collaborating across the globe. I mean, how do you think I keep hot dog on the ball? Monday.com, of course. Check it out. It's an incredible team management tool. Monday.com is so effective, it's going to put an end to long, boring meetings. No more endless meetings trying to figure out new tactics to stay organized or who's going to be working on what. Monday.com is going to do it all for you. That's why I'm recommending it. And if you go right now to Monday.com slash not Sam, they're going to give you a free 14-day trial. No commitment. You can check out Monday.com and you can see for yourself how helpful their software is. One more time, Monday.com slash not Sam for a free 14-day trial and make sure you use that exact link because if you're using my link, there's going to be additional savings if you choose to sign up. Try it today, Monday.com slash not Sam. So anyway, but but when I'm trying to get in shape for a show, whether well, you got to take you know cut back on the alcohol. So at at the time Fluffy came over, I wasn't really drinking. So he shows up at eleven in the morning with the fifth of Jacks, uh, some uh, tequila, Patron Silver, and a six pack of beer. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? I thought it was kind of like a formality. Uh-huh. And Fluffy brings all that shit over, you got to start drinking it. So we're hammered. He had to get his assistant or whatever it was to drive him home and messed up the rest of my day. My wife <laughs> my wife was really impressed. <laughs> but, man, yeah, we had, we, had, we had a really good time. I got to hang out with Becky Lynch, the man. And, you know, I've known Becky for a long time. But to spend, you know, when we film a show, it's a half-hour show. But it takes all day to film it, and we're doing different setups, different activities, stuff that uh, you know that would come from my world or that would come from someone else's world, and we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. And I get a chance to know to learn about them and what what got them to be successful or what drives them. It's it's like a it's like a talk show where we're we're getting to know each other and doing activities to help facilitate the process. What's something sense. you did that you would probably not have done otherwise? What was one of those things done? <clears throat> we did Brazilian wax. Other than the Brazilian wax, <laughs> I, I I put an apple on my head and let Trace Atkins, uh, with, with a bow and arrow, shoot the apple off my head. Really? No, but it sounded It sounded good. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to tune in. <laughs> Man, I, we went down to Charlotte, North Carolina and hung out with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And uh, I'm a huge car fan and race fan and sort of hang out with that guy. And then we're riding around his pickup truck, and, and he drives slow as molasses. Mm-hmm. Get him out on track, it's a whole different story. And, and, and to find out why he ended up leaving the business, you know, kind of, uh, not for the same reasons I left, but, you know, there's always kind of like, uh, you know, there's parallels. an end point. Yeah, parallels. Yeah. And to go to Cleveland and hang out with Baker Mayfield and to get a dose of what that guy is. Who's Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield was a Heisman Trophy uh, winner and first guy taken in the NFL draft a, a season ago, and then came in for Cleveland. Can't believe you didn't and know Ty that. And Tyrod Taylor yeah. goes down with an injury, so he comes in three, four games in a season, and throws twenty. What was it? Twenty-seven touchdowns. He broke Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson's oh, touchdown wow. record, and didn't really start the entire season. So, just a very accurate quarterback. Came with some controversy. He was never ever Plan A, even coming out of Lake Travis, and he walked on. Texas Tech got an injury, walked on to uh, OU, Oklahoma, and then got drafted number one and won the Heisman. So he's just this guy who was never supposed to be the guy, but he is. 
and he just has this air of confidence, and he's very charismatic, and guys rally around him. So I got a chance to, to really meet and hang out with, with a lot of people out here. And, you know, Sam, I've been off the road for a long time. Yeah. So to get back on the road, it was kind of fun. You liked it. Well, yeah, because I, I always think when you travel as much as we did, you know, you kind of turn into a zombie, and you, you're going through everything. You're yeah. making your towns. You're going to the gym. You know, you, you train, do all your stuff. You show up at the building. You work your ass off, and it's off to the next gig. And that's that's just life. But when you, you know, I had to leave, uh, you know, after WrestleMania 19, and I, it took me three years to turn back into a civilian. So I don't really like to travel anymore, but to travel for this show— and go meet some of the people that, that I, I've met and to go to some of the towns, which we used to sell out every single time we went to. It's cool to go back to those places. It's probably also nice knowing there's an end point here. I'm filming X number of episodes, and then I'm back to life. Yeah, and, you know, to to get on Becky's grind, well, and a lot of these, uh, because Fluffy was on the grind, hell, he brought us tour bus, uh, you know, because we got a chance to film that actually in L.A., mm-hmm. so he brought us tour bus down, so he would just hang there. But, yeah, everybody's doing their thing, and for me to get back out on the road or to do most of these in L.A., you know, and I can be back at the crib. What do you what do you think? You talked about having Becky Lynch on. What do you think of the fact that like you know she goes on this run that started about a year ago, and for the last year or so, every conversation about her is oh she's the next Stone Cold, she's the next Stone Cold. You, your comparison to her comes up more often than just about anything. Yeah, it does. I I think it's uh, because we both came from pro wrestling, right? And because she also gets a lot of comparisons to Conor McGregor. Yep. She's Irish. Yep. And he is too. Mm -hmm. But man, I think she's done things. There's parallels, surely. But but I think she's kind of uh, one in her own, you know. And she has been on a hot streak. And to come up with that with that gimmick, and I asked her on the show. I said, Hey, man, you're, you're, when you pitch this, and I don't want to give it away, but you know, I love that gimmick. The man. Oh yeah, yeah. Premier. I mean, she's a very talented woman uh, wrestler and very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she's the man. Right. I dig it. Right. Yep. Sounds like my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? She she she's alpha. And yep. she takes control of the situation. She's very articulate. She's very eloquent. And she's very confident. I got, And I got a chance to find out exactly how confident she was, you know, spending 12 hours of a day with her and doing different things. And she's just very charismatic and just a tremendous sense of humor. And the bottom line is she's very persistent, very goal-oriented, and she's just relentless as far as her drive. So her success does not surprise me. Do you turn I, a lot of things down? Like, because you, 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 the shows you do, you're always great. On. So it's like you probably get a lot of things that you don't want to do. Do you just do stuff that you think is going to be fun? Man, uh, I, 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 when I first moved to L.A. many years ago, and this was three years after you know I retired from the business, it took me a long time to come to grips with that. And then I finally said, I had, I had no desire on being an actor, but I said, hey, man, just based on your past, you, you might want to take your ass out to L.A., and so I started doing some low-budget stuff. And then when I started getting a chance to host with Tough Enough, you know, when yeah. I reincarnated it, uh, that's when I kind of fell in love with, you know, the reality aspect of television and did, you know, Redneck Island and Broken Skull Challenge and some rocket scientists pulled the plug on that. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that show's on TV. Yeah. And so and then they get approached uh, with this thing, and it sounded like, man, this is cool because I get a chance to be me, talk to people. I've been doing a podcast for six years. And that being said, I had a lot to learn because, you know, it's kind of like 
It's a version of my podcast, but we're doing activities, and all of a sudden, Sam, you've been to my house. 316 Gaming yeah, Street. and uh, I've got a picture of you, you and me sitting there. And uh, Please tell me it's not hanging up. Of course it is. I signed it for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was just you and me in a room, shooting yeah. a breeze, two cats. Yeah. And so now, all of a sudden, you've got 85 people, and you're yeah. filming a bunch of activities. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot to learn. And just, just as far as blocking cameras, this, that, or whatever. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, I, I really just want to do things that I'm interested in. And when they pitched this, I said, man, it sounds like a great idea. And when you go into that first season, you know, you're, you're, what's your language parameters? On you say whatever you, say whatever you want. Because, okay, I, mean, I mean, really, you have a plan, but you're throwing shit on the wall. Okay, what sticks? Well, that's kind of sliding down, but we like it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like it's this uh, work in progress that you're tweaking. And so hopefully, you know, this first season, and goes well and then we can apply as now as i look at the cuts that they're putting together based on what we did i can say okay and get the beats and and i kind of find i'm kind of finding myself as that interviewer or that person as compared to like you know when you and i talked or whatever because on a one-on-one thing and all these people with different agendas different information to cover there's a lot going on so hopefully you know we we find we find our way we find our place people find the channel and they tune in and set their f and dvr when yeah. you go back to a to a ww arena it's first time in years when you did raw reunion a couple weeks ago i would imagine it's impossible for you to get out of that building without being pitched a hundred ways to come back and do something no nobody pitched anything really no no and you know the thing about that about that day was it was so fun man i was just looking forward to it because it, it really was they built it as a, a like a family reunion and it, and it was mm-hmm. and like all the guys and uh showed up and flair called me as soon as he got there and, uh, well, Wendy said, hey, man, we're down at the bar. <laughs> I was waiting all day. I was supposed to do a podcast that day with Booker T, but me and Booker T had our dates crossed up. Uh-huh. He, he didn't show up till the next day. So anyway, I'm like, waste, I wasted a whole day. And now all of a sudden, Flair's down at the bar at 4.30. And, now, and let me clarify, uh-huh. he was down there hanging at the bar. Right. I went down, and Flair starts telling stories. You know, I'm, I have a couple of cold ones. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, but it was great to see all the guys and girls. And I remember going up to the uh, uh, elevator to get my room service and then come back down for one more round. Uh-huh. Flair was gone. And the door opens on floor number five, and there's Ron Simmons. And I told this story in that promo. It was like we both saw each other, and Ron is like this beast of a man, right? Uh-huh. And we had these, these 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 giddy smiles on our face, and we just hugged for like 30 seconds. It was the most manly hug in history. <laughs> and, and he's like hugging a refrigerator. And so we go back down, and, and uh, it, it was such a blast. And when I got out there, you know, for, for the uh, – for that promo section, it, it was really weird because in that world, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. I'm a toughest SOB to lace up a pair of boots, not mud holes on people, and walk them dry. Well, when I get the creative, I go in there and have a quick meeting with uh, Vince. Hey, man, you're going to close the show. You know, did you get a promo? I said, yeah. And they gave me a couple of paragraphs with some shit on it. I said, you know, I, I kind of a little sappy. And then, you know, I, I talked to uh, a couple of guys. I ran it by Pritchard. He goes, ah, you know, he goes, well, it's live TV. All you got to do is go out there and, you know, don't, don't, as long as it doesn't suck, the old man will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't work off memory anyway. Right. And so, and the thing about it was, there was a lot of moving parts out there. So I'm going out there to thank the people, uh, thank my brothers and sisters being on the road. It's very uh, unstone cold like. Right. And more Steve Austin like, because I do appreciate all, all, all my, you know, brothers and sisters. So, 
to go out there from that crowd. When I went out there, the roof blew off the, the, roof blew off the place. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. when you Because you go out, right? And it's not just the roof blowing off the place, but first, Ric Flair gets the introduction. Yeah. Then Hulk Hogan gets the introduction. Then it's Stone Cold. And I mean, you know, no disrespect to either of those two guys, but your reaction eclipsed either of their reactions. Are you sitting there listening to that going like, holy shit, this is it. I'm number one. Well, man, I'm, you live and die by it. Anybody tells you any different, you know, they're they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. So, man, I was like, God dang, and you're thankful for it because I've been gone a long time. Yeah. So I was very appreciative of it. I go in there, I hit some corners, grab those beers, and then when I hit that first turnbuckle and throw my arms up, mm-hmm. this 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 ring right here just flies off my hand into the uh, crowd and hits the barricade. And it's laid there on the floor, and I'm on a li- I'm on live TV with my hands up in the air, and I'm like. There's my effing ring right there. <laughs> and I went to the other one. I, I kept marking my ring. Uh-huh. Well, I've, I've known all those camera guys and all the cable guys, sound guys for 25 years. Mm-hmm. They saw what happened. They picked up my ring because I didn't want a fan to reach over and grab my ring. I think you would have gotten it back. Forever. Yeah. But it, it was weird because when I, when I watched it back finally, I had parted with Flair for two nights in a row, and he was nursing a Bud Light, because everybody say, oh, he's down to bar, he's drinking, he's not supposed to be doing that. He was nursing a Bud Light, where I was the one throwing back the cocktails. Right. So when I go out there, my voice is halfway blowed out from partying <laughs> Party with Flair two, two nights in a row, <laughs> and then talking with all the WWE superstars, you know, and to see all the guys that I was on the road with, and, and hug them and, and talk about the old times, and then see someone new and say, hey man, come over here, you might want to try this, think about this, you know, you're trying to pass along some information, but it was a blast just going there, but no, they didn't pitch me anything who's wow. ron simmons ron simmons do wrestling ron fans simmons. like my questions it's, no you're, wrestling fans no, hate Sam, your you questions you, you, you say well ron simmons is the first of all he's the first wcw black heavyweight champion okay. of the world uh you know was he an all-american football player he's two-time all-american at florida state yeah florida state and i mean he's a, he's a acolytes in, in college football he's a legend oh yeah, yeah and, and, and he's and, legit one of the toughest guys ever Ron Simmons could come in here and just say the ABCs and make you shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. He has that kind of voice. That energy, and he's the yeah. nicest guy in the world. But even nobody, and everybody knows how tough the Steiner brothers were. You know, their shooters are tough and they are a little bit out there. Sweethearts. I mean, they're great guys. But nobody, nobody messed with Ron Simmons ever. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is, I guess, more for Jim, who doesn't have the uh, encyclopedic wrestling knowledge that some of us do. But I don't know if Jim knows everything that uh, old Stone Cold did in his heyday. What comes to mind when I think of, like, my favorite things that Stone Cold did to Mr. McMahon was probably the episode uh, where you had Vince McMahon on national television pissing himself. Yeah. Quite literally. You put a gun to his head, he pissed himself, you pulled the trigger— and a little flag came out that said "Bang 316," while Vince has piss all over his pants. Was there anything that was pitched to you to, to do in that era where you were like, "This, I, we, we can't do this. I'm not doing this." Man, that actual incident, I was like, "Man, if I'm holding a gun to his hand, that's kind of graphic." Yeah, or I was thinking about uh, uh, one of the times when me and Kane were going to have a first blood match, and he said, "And he said if he's if he lost the match, he's going to set himself on fire." <laughs> And I'm thinking, okay, you know, if I go out there and endorse this, you know, people could be setting themselves on fire. Yeah. Because I thought people might be taking this, some of the things a little too literally yeah. or, or seriously. So uh, along the way, you know, there was a couple of things that were kind of so edgy. I, I, I kind of thought, yeah, it could be reper- 
repercussions from this, but you know, at the end of the day, I always said, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. And you would think that I would have said, Hey, go, when they said, Hey, well, you're going to go bust into Pillman's house and you're going to break out his window with a baseball bat. And then Pillman's going to pull a gun on you and maybe shots are fired or maybe they're not fired. But, and, and you know, they got in a lot of trouble for that. For, you know, saying Especially, that I mean, that's the, that's before oh, wrestling even got edgy. That's yeah. the beginning of and, all and, this. And no pun intended, but it was like a shoot. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, you cross line. And I'll say it's like when you're wrestling, when you cross, you know, a line because of what you are. And that was kind of like being construed as being so real. That's why we cross the line. Right. But I love that angle. Yeah. I, well, I thought it was so great because it, it felt real. Like all of a sudden you're was. invested in this thing. I got that damn bullet wound right here. <laughs> <laughs> he shot you. <laughs> I have a question too about, because Hot Dog is a big fan and you're standing there. Do you have any questions you want to ask him to that, Mike? Oh, yeah. Hot Dog's, Hot Dog's my guy. He's a huge fan. He came in early for you. Yeah. We no, I'm, I'm just a big fan. Uh, <laughs> ask the question you wanted to ask him. Don't go ahead. Ask Stone Cold's got go. headphones Stone on. Stone Cold, right here. Ask him, Hot no, Dog. No, see, you're, you're putting me on the spot right now. I'm, I'm, ask I'm, him. I have him, no questions. Dog. I'm a huge fan. Nice to meet you. You don't want to nice ask him a question? No, I'm, I'll just listen to you guys. That's fine. All right, <laughs> I know what he wanted to ask. I me. cannot believe I flew all the way <laughs> from the West Coast to the East Coast. I'm sitting here, and Hot Dog ain't got a question for me. Steve, you know how you talk Isn't about the young guys in wrestling that you go, you got to make the most of your moments, right? They give you this. They give you TV time. They give you what it is. But you get out there and you make the most of your moments. We just gave Hot Dog what's known in the business as an opportunity. As a fan. And he yeah. blew it, he didn't blew he? It. Yeah. He blew it. Yep. We, we Hot Dog, you got anything? Sorry. <laughs> Steve. Hey man, check this out. One time we was over in San Diego. It was it was, one of, it was a Royal Rumble. I think it was the first or second year I was in WWF back in the day, mm -hmm. and I was going to be like the number four guy left. You know, at the end of the Royal Rumble, I mean, you know, they're kind of starting to you know build me by making me the number four guy that was going to be thrown out or lasting. And so all, all of a sudden, uh, Fatu Junior Rikishi, I can't remember. You know, everybody's wearing baby oil. And so basically, he's going to clothesline me over the top. I'm just going to, you know, basically land on the apron, come back in. Hell, he hit me so hard with that damn clothesline. It was zip, zip, zip. I'm on the damn floor of the San Diego Sports <laughs> sports Arena. And I was uh, an integral part of the end of the thing because Shawn Michaels was involved. And there I am laying on the floor <laughs> outside of the ring. Yeah. I had effed up to the <laughs> maximum degree you can. And all of a sudden, you know, i like, well, I got to give Shawn the Iggy that, you know, I've been eliminated and I'm not supposed to be eliminated for quite some time here. <laughs> and so I'm looking over the apron. I'm like, dude, I'm out of here. And, and Shawn's eyes, while he's getting the shit beat up in the middle of the ring, are like, <laughs> and, and so there was my opportunity and right. I, I was like you hot dogged it I hot dogged it but I was like man they're giving you an opportunity you, you just completely effed it up well, you, to yeah. be fair though you had a big Samoan man throwing you throwing his body so, weight into you knocking you over the top rope Hot dog, he couldn't have had a smoother landing, and he still fucked. Yeah, up. we said, go ahead, ask Stone Cold a question. He's right you've, here. You've gotten nice in your in your age, Stone Cold. Well, I'm trying to be. <laughs> I'm trying to be. It was well, not like I'm trying to be the Dalai Lama. Is that his name? I yep. think so. Yeah, yeah. By the way, well, I'm like a goodwill ambassador. I'm right. Trying, I'm trying to. I'm trying to watch the language. No, you can curse. Good. It's okay. okay. We'll beep it up. Okay. Now, well, are you are you a big guy? Do you ever meet Chief J. Strongbow? Dude, when I first came into, and this goes back to when it was still F, Chief J. Strongbow was cool, man, because he, he was one of the guys, along with Briscoe Slaughter, uh, Blackjack Lanza, took me under his wing, George Animal Steel, had a lot of great advice for me, and, and, and Jay was super old school, and it was all about saving your money, and 
uh, to, to, yeah, he, he was very instrumental in giving me a lot of advice. It probably is weird what a lot of those guys would talk about, too. Things that you would never expect, wrestling, the, the money and investing and all this stuff that guys just, you wouldn't think that they would talk to you about. Way back in the day when you could still buy a house for a relatively small amount of money, back in the territory days, because you never knew how long you were going to last in the territory, uh, you most of the boys way back in the day, and again, houses were way more cost efficient than they are these days, but you always bought a house. If you bought a house, you bought it in cash. You bought it in cash because no one could take it from you. You didn't have to make any payments on it, right. and that was your security blanket. If you got hurt, if a promotion shit canned you, that was the one thing that you had, and so that was just a mentality from, from the boys way back in the day. And you learned that from Chief Jay? Well, that was, uh, yeah, Chief Jay and a lot of the guys did that. And yeah. then I'm gonna remember, I'll, I'll never forget riding on an airplane one time, and Terry Taylor had his tray up uh, in front of him. This is probably in the early 90s, and he's got receipts everywhere. Uh, and I said, Terry, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just writing down all my receipts, all my costs, and everything like that for my taxes. So, you know, he was kind of ahead of, ahead of the curve as far as, you know, keeping track of all of his expenses. You know, this, I had a fanny pack. Hell, so much is full, about a pound worth of paper, you yeah. know, and all the other bullshit that we carried, <laughs> most of which is illegal these days. <laughs> but, you know, he, he was one of those guys who kind of, you know, took care of the, 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 the business aspect of it while he had some downtime on an airplane. Right. I was usually drinking, you know, Bloody Marys or whatever. <laughs> Having a good time. Yeah. And making a time of Living it. Living the life, yeah, man. That's why what not? you did. Why yeah. not? Uh, you took a break from podcasting. You were running uh, some repeats on the old Steve Austin show, which is back. Uh, you, you've had, what, Hulk Hogan, Mark Henry, D, uh, no, you haven't done, who'd you have from AEW? Uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan on, that's the one. Um, but you took like a six-month uh, yeah. hiatus where they were running repeats. What happened? Man, I just needed a break. You know, I, I'd had several things go on, and I'd kind of just uh, hit hit the ceiling or hit the wall, and I needed a uh, just a break to yeah. chill my brain out. And halftime, man... I love people, and I want to give you a hug right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but by the same token, man, I can be pretty antisocial. Mm -hmm. When I used to go to the ranch, man, I shut the gates. If I didn't see another human being for two months, man, I'm good. So anyway, uh, I just kind of hit the wall there for a little bit, needed a little bit of a break, kind of a re reset and a recharge battery, and I'm getting all these emails. I mean, like – Emails with some hate and some tone in them, like, hey, man, how, how fucking long are you going to take a break for? <laughs> and it was like, it's weird. Uh, so, I, I mean, I was happy that people wanted me back on the air as much as they did. Yeah. So anyway, after a break, and uh, I, I wanted to come back because I, the thing I love about the podcast and the reason I started the podcast, uh, I had wanted to start one about a year before I did, but I don't know anything about technology, how to get it started or do whatever. And so my agents called me and they said, hey, man, we just got a phone call from Podcast One. Uh, do you want to do a podcast? And I said, you damn right I do. And so we went and took the meeting, and I, it started up. And, Sam, the, the thing about that was, you know, when you leave WWE, you know, that's a huge platform to, you know, promote anything that you have. So, I mean, hell, I might as well be out there in the corner of Lincoln and Washington there in Marina Del Rey with a damn bullhorn. Hey, I got a CD for sale or whatever. You know, you don't have that voice anymore. Mm -hmm. So even though my podcast is at a much smaller level, I mean, much, you know, than what the WWE platform is, it is a voice 
for me to stay in direct contact, you know, uh, to stay in contact with all the fans that it took me, you know, through all the years of uh, wrestling to build up and uh, a direct line of communication. And they help promote a lot. Podcasts are great oh, yeah. because it's a targeted thing. People who are listening really want to listen and uh, they actually do better than a lot of radio shows. Podcasts are great for promotion. And that, not, not only that, I, I added mean, nothing, by the way, by saying no, that. No, but, but, no, but on that, on that point, uh, <laughs> you know, what I say about something, I mean, it'll get, it'll get picked up and it'll make the wires. So, I mean, you, oh, know, yeah. you don't have to just listen to my podcast. You can, you, can, you can be reading the internet and something that Stone Cold or Steve Austin said on his podcast is going to get traction. So it, just, it, it keeps my presence there to help me push you know, all the things that I'm doing. Do you feel like you're going to do that kind of cycle where you do it for six months, you'll take six months off, you'll go back and forth, no, and no, just, as I long just, as it's fun, you'll keep doing it? I, I, I purely needed a break. And, and now the thing is, it, it was so hard because you know during many of those uh, years, I would go into production, whether it was uh, you know Redneck Island down here in Mexico, and I've got no material, whether it's Broken Skull Challenge, I'm working you know 14-hour days. Mm-hmm. Before you do a podcast, you know, you've got to do some research. Yeah. What might be an hour or an hour and a half show, you, you might have put six, eight, 10, 12, whatever kind of prep you put into that show. You ain't got time to do that when you're in production, you're working your ass off. So that was, that was you know, one of the things that kind of led to needing, needing a break. But I, I'll continue the podcast for quite some time. Do you think you'd be keeping up with wrestling if not for the podcast? Because you talk about the current product all the time. But do you think you'd be watching it on that level if you weren't doing the podcast? Yeah, yeah, because, man, I love the business, and I DVR all the shows. And then if someone says, hey, man, check this out because this was a, this was a cool angle or someone comes along with a lot of potential, then I'll kind of see where they're at or what people are saying about them or seeing in them and see if I see those same things. So I would still uh, stay in touch with the business because <clears throat> I don't know if this sounds uh, – when when I came up and I couldn't be you know a rock and roll star you know being a professional wrestler was my lifelong dream and I had to ride off in the sunset after give or take what thirteen years mm-hmm. and you know gone for a year with a neck injury gone for six or eight months because I basically said hey go f yourself and when they wanted me to job out for Brock Lesnar which I would have been happy to do the job you know had it been a built match in the right time it was right. just bad timing so I wasn't in the business that long when you really think about it. But that's what that's that's one of the my biggest passions in life is professional wrestling. What do you think of Kevin Owens' stunner? He's doing he, Kevin Owens is a wrestler on SmackDown. He's doing the stunner, which is Stone Cold's finisher as his finisher. He's that's co- for the audience, not for you. All right. He's coming around a little bit different approach than I got, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's coming around, and I'm glad he's using it because I, I like Kevin Owens. And it was funny many years ago. I can't remember. I think it was Toronto or some area, or some airport somewhere, and he just came up to me and introduced himself to me. I'd never heard of him. He goes, "Hey, I'm Kevin Steen, and I'm you know trying to get in business. Why well, I am a wrestler? And uh, do you have any advice for me?" And he tells a story. I said, "Yeah, man." I said, "You need to learn. You need to learn how to cut a promo." I said, "Learn how to learn how to run your mouth, kid." Uh, easy for me to say. Learn how to run your mouth, kid. <laughs> Hell, he took it to heart. Yeah. So yeah, now he's like a, a, an A plus promo. Yeah, he told me he said that you said never stop talking, and never that's why every, when he's in the ring mid match, like he just talks. 
nonstop. Yeah, but, but back in the day, he had all these crazy moves that he was doing. I mm-hmm. said, man, all the moves, you can only do those, you know, for so for so long. But you can run your mouth forever. So as long <laughs> as you have a base, you know, you need your offense, you need your move set, you, you need to be able to work. He can as well as anyone. But you've got to have that character to make people believe in you or have something to love or hate about you and then back it up to sell tickets with words. Well, that's the lesson, isn't it? That I mean, if anybody can prove that you can run your mouth forever, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's still running his mouth. He's, still, right. he's, he's got a podcast. He's got a TV show. But we, and when you go back and look at my move set, I mean, shit, what I did. I mean, I flipped <laughs> people off. I had a stomp in a corner and a big right hand, and that was about it. Yeah, a Luthez press yeah, every now and press, then. Yeah, <laughs> and a stunner. <laughs> that's it. And towards the end, I was drinking for a living and wrestling on the side. But it, it all worked. Did anybody get pissed that you said shit on Raw? I didn't care if they did or not. <laughs> that was an organic shit. Yeah. Yeah. Organic shit's the best, aren't they? Sure. Um, and Steve's promoting our Straight Up Steve Austin. It premieres next Monday, August the 12th, 11 o'clock on the USA Network. And, of course, Steve Austin, BSR on Twitter. And you're just a great host. I, I love watching your stuff. And your arms look even bigger than they were when you were wrestling. I mean, my God, you're a giant of a man. Man, I've, I've been staying in the gym and trying to stay consistent. I got in real good shape for my show, but when I went to uh, Tampa, I got to back up the margaritas because now now it's going from the arms to the drum. <laughs> uh, are we done? Yeah. We're done. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, Sam's yeah, just going to keep complimenting your body. Basically, when Jim was doing that, that last thing, it was like, hey, you got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, they're panicking, and Travis is waving, and the fucking cir- he's making the circle thing. They're panicking. Yeah, they, they're, they're worried we're going to hold you here and, and keep you for your ne- from your next interview. We don't no, care about that. No, we don't. I, I, I monopolize all of their time. <laughs> hey, 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 just to reiterate before I leave, Savage, savage growth right there on the face. Thank Dig you. It. Thank you. Yeah, Steve Austin. Great Always you. great seeing you. The legend, you. the greatest of all time. Apologize for the interruption. We'll get back to it momentarily, but you have to appreciate loyalty, especially when that loyalty is designed to help you. And there aren't many that are more loyal than the fine folks over at SeatGeek. Yes, SeatGeek, one of our favorite sponsors here at Not Sam Wrestling. SeatGeek helps you get through the muck and the mud of trying to get through the millions of live event tickets that are available online by putting them all in one place, rating them depending on what is a better deal than other tickets, and putting them right in your hands. Yes, SeatGeek Tickets to every event imaginable, available on a single app. If you want to go see WWE or AEW, SeatGeek has you covered. If you want to go see a comedy show, if you want to go see a concert, football, basketball, baseball, whatever you want tickets to. You're going to New York, you need tickets to a Broadway show. SeatGeek has you covered. Look, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I am not surprised that SeatGeek has over 50,000 five-star reviews. They rate each deal on a scale of one to ten. They display them on an interactive seat map. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots, a little overpriced. Look, sometimes it's worth it to get a ticket that's overpriced. Other times not. The decision is yours thanks to SeatGeek. All you have to do is tap the little SeatGeek app icon on your phone and do what I do. A lot of times, I just get curious about what's playing around me. Who's playing around me? Where's playing around me? Well, where I understand. But just put in my zip code, put in my location. It'll show you all the events happening around you. If you know that there's a WWE event happening at some point around you, just type in WWE, search by location. It'll tell you exactly what's coming. 
And then the, the, the seating chart comes up. The little arena map comes up. You can decide exactly where you want to sit based on where the seat is, based on how good of a deal the ticket is priced at. Whatever you want. couple more taps and you're good to go. And get this. Because you listen to Not Sam Wrestling, I'm going to give you an additional $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just for being a good person. That's right. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code SAM, S-A-M, for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code SAM for $10 off your first purchase. Download that SeatGeek app. What do you have to lose? It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome. Yes, it is time. It's time for this week's State of Wrestling, the 250th edition not counting those bonus shows and whatnot of the State of Wrestling. You know what we do here each and every week on the State of Wrestling. We count down the top five stories in the world of professional wrestling, according to yours truly, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Of course, if you want to watch the State of Wrestling as it happens live, as I'm recording it every Wednesday afternoon, you have to be a member of of the Patreon. You have to be a Not Sam Shill at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. You get bonus audio shows. You get bonus video content. You get the podcast early. For less than a dollar a week, you can get the podcast early every single week with zero commercials in it. Or you can add a little, and all the bonus shows we do in audio, or add a little more, get all the bonus shows in video, a little more, get live streams a little more. You can get uh, uh, merchandise exclusive and Free admission to any Not Sam Wrestling live show, including the one that goes down September 8th at Caroline's on Broadway. If you are not a member of Patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling, if you're not a Not Sam show, and you're not, a, I mean, you're not a Hall of Fame level Not Sam show, make sure that you get those tickets, Caroline's.com, on Monday, uh, so you can be a part of Not Sam Wrestling Live September 8th back at Caroline's. Let's get... To the state of wrestling. Uh, story number five this week are the many beefs of Matt Riddle. So uh, I don't think, it doesn't look like Matt Riddle has a match at TakeOver. And you have to wonder, is that because storyline didn't put him in the position? Is it because it's not that time? You know, the, Matt Riddle is an interesting case because... You know, you could say, well, the U.S. The, the North American Championship is a triple threat match. Why wouldn't you have him in that triple threat match? Well, maybe, you know, if you don't want Matt Riddle to be your North American champion, but you don't want him to lose at a takeover, then you would just avoid it by not putting him in the match. If you don't want him to lose an NXT Championship match, don't put him in an NXT Championship match. All the matches at takeover, there's five matches, only one of which is not a title match. And Matt Riddle doesn't have a a you know a, a a a rivalry that is retching at his soul that he needs to get to the bottom of. So you could say that it's just not the time for Matt Riddle to be at takeover. Or you could be a conspiracy theorist and say it's because he won't stop tweeting and sending shots at the legends. Uh he's now on the bad side of Bill Goldberg. Booker T, although Booker T talked with us about it last week. If you missed that interview, you can just go back uh, and and listen to it. But Booker T said he's not on bad terms with Matt Riddle. He's just saying that in, in wrestling, 
It's not like MMA. You can't just look at it and say that the in-ring skill is all that's required. At the end of the day, according to Booker T, Bill Goldberg drew money. And if you can draw money on any kind of consistent level, according to Booker T, that means you're you're one of these top guys. You're a guy that uh, young guys should be going to for advice, not trying to tear down. Uh, and Jericho, also on the bad side uh, of Matt Riddle now, making faces back and forth at each other on Twitter. It was just a mess. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, for me, I think that it's all smart business for Matt Riddle. I, I like a young guy taking shots at legends. You know, I mean, I, I like Booker T a lot and I don't know Goldberg. I like Jericho, but I like the idea, the idea as a fan of seeing a young guy take shots at legends because as I'm watching the current product, I want to relate to the young guys. I want to be able to make the argument that the young guys are better than the legends, whether they are or not. I want to be able to know that they believe that they are. You know, I want to know that the superstar that I'm watching in the ring thinks that he's better than any legend is. Whether he is or not, I want him to think that, or I want her to think that. Um, and, you know, Chris Jericho had some interesting comments on Twitter Uh he posted or somebody posted a story that he wrote in his book about uh, having a rivalry with the British Bulldog in which uh, he talked about how the British Bulldog is old and, and, you know, can't cut it anymore. And the Bulldog was pissed at him and said, what, what are you doing? You go out there and say that now if you win, which you won't, all you've done is beaten an old man, which is nothing. And if you lose, which you will, then an old man just beats you. It doesn't help anybody. That's a burial. Don't do that. And Jericho said, you know, I thought about it and I realized he was right. Now, I have an argument with that philosophy. Of course, if I was in a conversation with Chris Jericho, I would probably say Chris Jericho would be the expert on said topic. But to me, I feel like just because a bad guy says something doesn't mean it necessarily is. If Matt Riddle says, hey, Goldberg sucks at wrestling, that doesn't mean that Goldberg sucks at wrestling. That means Matt Riddle said Goldberg sucks at wrestling. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to understand that if I'm watching two people fight each other, that they may say things about each other that aren't necessarily true. If, if two guys are going to fight each other, they may have biases going into this thing. So if a young, brash, confident, bad guy Chris Jericho says the British Bulldog is old and washed up, I'm not necessarily going to say, oh, well, the British Bulldog is old and washed up. I'm going to say either I think that or I don't think that. I'm going to watch the match and come to that conclusion on my own. Or I'm going to say, hey, I watched the Bulldog. He's not old and washed up. You're wrong, Jericho. And if the Bulldog wins, I'm not seeing an old and washed up guy win. I'm seeing a guy prove Jericho wrong. Now, if Goldberg say, and I'm just using Goldberg, let's say Goldberg is coming back for one match. He's coming back for one match with Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler says, who cares if you win and who cares if you lose? I've, I, I, I win and lose all the time. It doesn't matter. And you're going to be gone after the pay-per-view. So this doesn't matter. Well, then I'm sitting there going like, oh... Well, that's kind of true. I guess this match doesn't matter. But if Dolph Ziggler says, 
Goldberg, you're not fit to be in the ring anymore. You're old and washed up. Nobody wants to see you. I'm awesome and you suck. I'm not sitting there going like, oh, well, Goldberg sucks now. And even if he beats Dolph Ziggler, he's just a guy that sucks that beat Dolph Ziggler. I'm going, I guess he proved Dolph Ziggler wrong. So, you know, I think it is definitely case by case in terms of, uh, in terms of whether it's effective or not. But really, all the stuff that Matt Riddle is saying, especially from the perspective of Matt Riddle as I'm a young guy who wants opportunity and I don't want these older guys getting opportunities. I want to get those opportunities. You know, I don't think that that's a necessarily something that hurts the overall business. You know what I mean? I think if anything, it just adds a chip to Matt Riddle's shoulder and you're either going to sit there and go, I like Matt Riddle because he's so brash or I don't like Matt Riddle because he's a jerk. When Matt Riddle insults people, it makes me like him. When anybody insults people, it makes me like them. I think it shows a little passion. It shows a little fire. And it's something that, I'd like, to, that I, li- I like seeing. Uh, but that's a conversation that I think will extend uh, on and on and on and on. But I don't see anything Matt Riddle did as being uh, uh, wrong. I just see that if I'm Goldberg or whoever, I'm upset about what he said. Like, if Goldberg was like, I don't like what Matt Riddle said, I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't either. He was insulting you. But to say, well, Matt Riddle shouldn't be insulting Goldberg because it hurts the business as a whole, then I'm going, I don't think so. You know, if Goldberg has done everything that he's done, if Goldberg says, I'm the best, and Matt Riddle says, you're not the best, you're old and washed up, there's no reason for me not to to believe Matt Riddle over Goldberg. He said he's the best. He's the one that I know. I'm going to stick with Goldberg on this. Uh, story number four this week is AEW selling out again. Uh, AEW sold out their first TV taping that's going down, I guess, uh, beginning of October in Washington, D.C. They sold out in a matter of hours. Uh, I don't know exactly how many tickets were sold, but it was, I mean, it's an arena full of tickets. It's a good amount of tickets. And then they announced that the next two dates that they're going to do, first TV is going to be in D.C., then they're going to Boston, then they're going to Philly. So they're being really smart about it. Pay-per-view in Chicago. They go from Chicago to D.C. to Boston to Philly. All big wrestling cities. All cities where they're going to be able to sell tickets. I'm interested to see how they play down south. You know, I, I, I think that they've done something that's probably pretty smart, which is they've drawn... People have... They've taken inspiration from... WCW and NWA and you know the same way way back in the 90s when it was WWE was the sort of entertainment show and NWA and WCW before Hogan was before Bischoff I should say was the athletic wrestling show this is wrestling WWE is sports entertainment this is pro wrestling that's on the show and they they focused their attention on the in-ring competition as opposed to WWE, which is more about the show. Obviously, I grew up caring more about the show. Um, But it seems like AEW wants to go back to that WCW philosophy, which makes me wonder if maybe moving down south is a good idea. Not permanently, I'm saying, but start doing some shows. And I mean, I'm sure they will. They have 52 TV shows to tape every single year. So I'm sure they're going to end up hitting all of those cities. Um... But they're, they're being pretty smart, pretty strategic, uh, and clearly 
selling out another building uh, is a good look for them. So congratulations to AEW. Uh, story number three. Took a page right out of the last professional broadcaster's book. Roman Reigns and the Who Done It. You know, it was, it's really weird. WWE was posting all week stuff about, uh, you know, uh, it was a forklift driver. The forklift driver was a temp. Uh, the regular forklift driver was on vacation. Like, they were, they were kind of coming up with justifications for what happened to Roman Reigns throughout the week, keeping people involved on social media. And I saw people on Twitter that were going, huh, this is WWE's garbage way of trying to write their way out of a bad angle. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is, this is the story that's being told. You know, I mean, it's such like a, a negative attitude to be like, to not allow the story to play out at all. To just see, okay, we're moving in a, we, we just moved in a direction here. And you're going, uh, they're trying to write their way out of something that they realized was bad. No, they're not. I mean, if you go back to, go back to Vince McMahon's limo blowing up. When Mr. McMahon blew up in his limousine, Every day, WWE.com had new information on the, on, on the investigations that were going in to who blew up Mr. McMahon. It was just their way of involving social media to create this bigger whodunit type of picture, which is exactly what was going on with Roman Reigns. I don't know. It, it was really odd to me that people thought that WWE was being wishy-washy at all as opposed to telling a story. Like... I guess it's if there's anything more complicated than on Tuesday, Roman Reigns has the set fall on him. Next Tuesday, a wrestler comes out and says, I made the set fall on him. If there's any other details in between those two Tuesdays, in between those two events, it's like, oh, look at them. They're scrambling. They're scrambling. It's their storytelling. It's what we've been asking for. Relax. <laughs> it's, it's literally what fans have been asking for. You know, I loved the, the there was that extra step. So last week I came on and said that I thought that the forklift fall should lead to a Roman Reigns Samoa Joe match only to find out at SummerSlam that it wasn't Samoa Joe at all. And that's when you get Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan involved, leading to a Roman Reigns Eric Rowan match in September to a Daniel Bryan match that takes you through Survivor Series towards the Royal Rumble. WWE was uh, they were just slightly ahead of me on this. They decided not to go to SummerSlam with Samoa Joe and to let Samoa Joe off the hook uh, on on Raw and SmackDown instead. Other than that, it's pretty word for word what I had laid out, which I love seeing, obviously, because when I say, here's what something that could happen, it's because I would like that to happen. And so when that does happen, I go, that's fun. Um, although, you know, now... Like, I love twists. I love red herrings. You know, I, I, I think that I, they did a, a, they cut a great promo because so much is based on truth. You know, people who are critical of torture as an interrogation um, and the reason that we don't torture people in the United States of America is because it's looked at as an unreliable uh, technique by a lot of people. They say if you torture somebody, you're going to get false information from them just because they want you to stop torturing them. Daniel Bryan took that information that a lot of people 
hold dear to them. And he added it into his character. There's this great promo that they put on Twitter that was taped after SmackDown where Daniel Bryan said, Buddy Murphy didn't give Roman Reigns anyone's name until Roman Reigns shoved his skull against a wall. If I shoved your skull against a wall, you can bet that you would give me a name. And like it's totally saying this is false. This was not me. This was not Eric Rowan, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, I think that the only way to go with this, I thought it was interesting. I like that they added some um, humanity to Samoa Joe. When he was like, let's get a medic, let's get a medic. You know, I think that it is time for Samoa Joe to lighten up a little bit to maybe slightly alter his character. We've seen evil, I don't care about anything, I will mess with your family, Samoa Joe, uh, for the last few months. And because he's been unsuccessful in most of his major attempts, I like the idea of just tweaking the character a little bit. Um, And fans still love him so much. You know, it wouldn't be the worst idea to have him shift a little more good guy for a little while. Uh, and use this as like a catalyst. Uh, you know, I, I Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. I think that that would be really, really cool. Could have been something you could have added to SummerSlam if you had done this a week in advance, although the SummerSlam card is pretty packed. Um, but I think that uh, I like the idea. Here's what I would do. I would have something else happen to him, Roman, at SummerSlam. Roman doesn't have a match at SummerSlam, I don't think. So I would have, unless they announce at the last minute Roman's having this match with Eric Rowan. Uh, By the way, Eric Rowan, who, according to The Rock, the last man to ever face The Rock in one-on-one competition. The Rock said he quietly retired from wrestling this week. So his match with Eric Rowan is his last match ever. So that's a big big rub for Eric Rowan. (laughs) Um, I would say have something happen to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Have Eric Rowan get caught trying to murder Roman Reigns this time. Have Daniel Bryan look at him going, what are you doing? You can't do this to people. We care about people. This is, We're doing this for the planet. We're doing this for the human race. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like really just talk down to him to the point where he doesn't want anything to do with Eric Rowan. Roman Reigns says, Rowan, this is the last time. I don't care if Daniel Bryan's on your side or not. It's going to be me and you. We go to September, and we have uh, Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan wants nothing to do with this anymore. He thinks Eric Rowan has betrayed him. He thinks Eric Rowan has betrayed their entire message. And Daniel Bryan will convince us of that in the promos leading up to Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. By the way, those promos will not be Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan side by side. Eric Rowan will be an individual. Roman Reigns will be an individual. And Daniel Bryan, while he won't go so far as to be best friends with Roman Reigns, he'll say, I don't know who this Eric Rowan is anymore. We keep our action in the ring. I don't know what he's trying to do. The carbon emissions of that car alone that almost hit Roman Reigns is not something that I want to be a part of. We go to the September pay-per-view, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, only to have Daniel Bryan interfere on behalf of Eric Rowan, maybe even do it while the referee's back is turned so that Eric Rowan can get the one, two, three over Roman Reigns. I think that would be huge. And then have the moment. It was me, Roman Reigns. It was me all along. It was a ruse. Daniel Bryan was putting Eric Rowan up to it. 
and then we get explained why Daniel Bryan is trying to destroy Roman Reigns. That's when we find out that Roman Reigns took everything from Daniel Bryan. That's when we find out, I mean, the, the, yeah, that Roman Reigns took everything from Daniel Bryan. That's when we find out that this whole, that Roman Reigns being the face of the WWE was supposed to be Daniel Bryan. Every step of the way, they've tried to push Roman Reigns ahead of Daniel Bryan, and it's never worked, and it won't work, and he refuses to accept it, and blah, blah, blah. But he will not fight Roman Reigns in a match because Roman Reigns doesn't deserve it. This leads us to a Hell in a Cell match between Eric, Rome, Eric Rowan, who's got a pinfall victory over Roman Reigns. Actually, you know what? Let's do Hell in a Cell, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. That's at October, Hell in a Cell. Roman Reigns wins by pinning Eric Rowan, which leads us to Survivor Series, finally, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I want to take a break from wrestling for a moment to get real, just for a second, okay? I've been in a relationship for a long time now. For the better part of that amount of time, we've been married. And I know after two kids, there comes a time when you need to add a little variety into the bedroom. You need to add a little bit of spice, okay? And for an awkward guy like me, it's a nightmare going into adult bookstores, adult toy stores, rummaging through the shelves, trying to figure out what you should buy, how much you should spend on it, what she would want, what you would want. I don't know what any of this stuff is. And I don't want to be sitting there looking like I don't know what I'm doing. That's why I'm so glad I found this website, adamandeve.com. Adamandeve.com makes it so easy to spice up the bedroom and... They'll do it for free. They'll give you a whole bunch of free stuff. I didn't even know this was going on, okay? I just went to this website because I thought it would make my life easier. Then all of a sudden, it leaves my pockets heavy because I barely have to spend any money. They're just sending boxes of free stuff to people. I don't know how they stay in business, but I also don't care how they stay in business. As long as they keep me and my wife in business together, and that's what they're gonna do for you and your partner. Look, here's how it works. All you have to do is go to adamandeve.com and you pick one item for 50% off. Almost any item, you'll get your 50% off. Then, Adam and Eve just decides to load your shopping cart full of free stuff. If you go to adamandeve.com, you pick your item, and you enter code NOTSAM, N-O-T-S-A-M, at checkout, you're going to get 10 tantalizing free gifts. 10 free gifts. Sexy item for him. Special gift for her. A third item you'll both enjoy. Six free, spicy, adult, tantalizing, titillating movies. And free shipping. Okay? I don't know what you have to lose. If you want a whole box of great stuff that's going to spice up your love life and you want it for free then go to adamandeve.com and use offer code NOTSAM, N-O-T-S-A-M. I'm saving your relationship and I'm figuring out how you can do it basically for free. adamandeve.com, pick an item, 50% off, then get your 10 free gifts, including six movies. adamandeve.com, offer code NOTSAM today. You can still play this out long form and I think that they should. I think that they should, because I, I mean, I, I love when wacky stuff like this is happening. I like this. I like the Seth Rollins uh, build up to Summer uh, to SummerSlam. You know, when he's on there and he's going like, "I'll beat, I'll beat Brock Lesnar," I guarantee it. And the crowd's like, "We don't believe you." 
You know, some people are going like, well, Seth Rollins is being made to look like he has no hope of beating Brock Lesnar, which means, of course, he'll beat Brock Lesnar. That's not what that means. Like, I, I don't like that people just decide that there is no room for any kind of complexity in storytelling whatsoever. There's only one way to tell these stories. Here's the story I want to hear. We saw Seth Rollins on Raw, where all he has to fight for is the Universal Championship. They've even distanced Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins as a couple. You know, because Seth Rollins is not thinking about Becky Lynch anymore. He's only thinking about that Universal title. I would even have on, on... So, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar beats him at SummerSlam. You know why? Because I think the interesting story to tell is what does Seth Rollins do when he doesn't have anything? You know, I think we get to Raw for the couple weeks after SummerSlam. Seth Rollins is not the Universal Champion. Seth Rollins has nothing to fight for. He doesn't have the energy in his voice. His hair is not wet. He's not all ready. Let's go. Yeah, let's do this. He's bummed. He's depressed. He doesn't know what to do with himself because he can't get the one thing that matters to him, and that's the Universal Championship from Brock Lesnar. Becky Lynch goes, what's going on? What's wrong? Seth Rollins says, I, I can't do this right now. And we don't have a big breakup angle. We don't have Rollins or Becky turn heel. We don't do a whole thing with it. We just make it so on screen. Seth Rollins is not Becky's man anymore. Because if you can't be good to yourself, you can't be a good partner. And Seth Rollins can't be good to himself if he doesn't have the Universal Championship. I want to see Seth Rollins go through a journey to the point where we're either on his side or who knows? What if Roman Reigns beats Daniel Bryan at, uh, 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 what if Roman Reigns beats Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series? What if he goes on to win the Royal Rumble? And what if Seth Rollins is jealous of him? What if we work it out so that Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar is your main event for WrestleMania next year? And you've got Roman Reigns who is there for his coronation. You've got Seth Rollins who it's this is all he has left and now he's not now he's pretty much a heel because he's jealous of Roman Reigns and he doesn't like that that Roman is trying to take from him everything that matters. And you've got Brock, who's this unbeatable force. You've got a rematch from WrestleMania 31, except now it's on paper. It's the match that WrestleMania 31 turned into, but now it's the match that is being advertised. I think that there's a lot of interesting possibilities with that. All right, let's get into the weekend. We start with story number two, and that is NXT... To, uh, takeover Toronto 2. Of course, the first Takeover Toronto was the one that uh, I think the main event was Samoa Joe versus Nakamura, but the match we all remember is DIY versus The Revival, one match of the year that year. Uh, NXT Takeover is back in Toronto. I'll be on the NXT Takeover kickoff show alongside Charlie Caruso and Pat McAfee breaking down all the action. And it's a pretty amazing show. You got your North American Championship match, Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunne versus Roderick Strong. I love this. I think Roderick Strong has a lot to fight for in the sense that he wants to stand out uh, within the Undisputed Era. 
Pete Dunne has a lot to fight for in the sense that he does not have an identity outside the UK championship. And Velveteen Dream is one of the strongest forces in the most talked about superstars in all of NXT. He's in the 2K commercial, for God's sake. I have Velveteen Dream coming out ahead. Uh, women's championship, Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. This is a big deal. You know, nine years ago, ten years ago, I was doing commentary for Jersey All Pro Wrestling in Rahway, New York, watching, uh, Rahway, New Jersey, sorry, watching Mia Yim wrestle. She's journeyed, journeyed, journeyed all the way to NXT, but she ain't beating Shayna Baszler, let's be honest. I love Mia Yim. She's worked harder than just about anybody. She ain't beating Shayna Baszler. It's all Shayna Baszler. I love that they're going ahead and having their one singles match that is not a title match at TakeOver be a women's match. Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. It's a grudge match. Of course, Io Shirai turned on Candice after the cage match on NXT TV. This one's all Io. I think we are we are gearing up to an, uh, a rematch between Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler. And I think by the time we get to the rematch, we'll see a whole new Io Shirai. And this is going to be the introduction of that new Io Shirai. Candice LeRae can't handle that. Tag Team Championship. Uh, the Street Profits in their first title defense at a takeover versus the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, you know, as good as the Street Profits are, I think we're in Undisputed territory right now. It's all about the Undisputed Era for me, and that goes into the main event as well. Two out of three falls for the NXT Championship. It's Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Um... It's going to be a street fight for the first fall. That's the Gargano cho choice. It's going to be a straight-up singles match for the second call, uh, fall. That's an Adam Cole choice. Um, and then, uh, did we get the third fall yet? Uh, oh, oh, if there's a tie, William Regal makes the call. Um yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be an all-time classic. I think, uh, I think, I think it's going to be a super classic. And Adam Cole's coming out on top. This is the show that we cement this era of NXT being the Adam Cole era. Story number one: You got a ten-match card as of right now, going into SummerSlam. I would not be shocked if you added a Roman Reigns Eric Rowan match to this show, um, or even an Eric Rowan Daniel. I mean, a Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan match, but I would probably make more sense for Eric Rowan with Daniel Bryan. Um, but I've talked about that already. You've got Cruiserweight Championship, Drew Gulak versus Oni Lorcan. Love Oni Lorcan getting the rub, rub, but I love Drew Gulak being the champion more. Uh, two, two legends are coming back. You got Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Um, you know, I, I think that this is going to, it's going to be big. I think Trish Stratus is going to come correct. I'm sure that they're, uh, putting a ton of work into this thing, but this is all Charlotte Flair. And Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. This is, it feels like Goldberg and The Undertaker are each getting a match to not allow the, the, the match that they had together to be their most recent match. You know, I don't know if this will be Goldberg's last match or not, but he doesn't want his match with The Undertaker to be the most recent memory. I don't think this is going to be a very long match. I think this is going to be all Goldberg. You know, if it goes any length of time, I think there's a lot of risk there. But, 
you know, like I said, I mean, I think both these guys need to be with people who are a little bit younger and, and can physically carry somebody else through a match, and Dolph Ziggler is going to be able to do that. I think Dolph will bring out the best in Goldberg. Uh, you've also got uh, United States Championship, AJ Styles versus Ricochet. I feel like the club is Raw's version of the Undisputed Era. I don't want that title going anywhere as much as I like Ricochet. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Come on. This is the coming out party for The Fiend. It's all Bray Wyatt. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Owens loses, he'll be forced to quit WWE. I think Owens might lose. Obviously, he's not going to quit WWE forever. But I think this story is going to continue. I think, I think Kevin Owens is going to lose this match. I think it'll just add to... I think there's going to be chicanery. You know, you've got... I, I think uh, Drew Galloway may get involved, or Drew McIntyre may be involved. I think Elias may be involved. Um, but I definitely see... Even if it's by disqualification or something like that, I think it's going to be cheap. I think that it's not going to be a moral victory, but I think Shane McMahon is going to win this match. And we're going to see some story being told that will allow Kevin Owens to get back on TV. Uh, Bailey versus Ember Moon. Big, big moment for Ember Moon. I think Bailey keeps the title, but this match is huge. Huge. Definitely the biggest match of Ember Moon's career. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Natalia. I like that they've gone bad guy with Natalia over the last couple weeks. Um, you know, I don't think Becky Lynch is losing that women's championship to her, but I just like that it's not sort of a meeting between two respected colleagues. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. This is the match I was hoping for. Um, you know, I love that the history is being told. I mean, realistically, Kofi Kingston's career was stopped in its tracks. Stopped in its tracks. When, after the Randy Orton feud 11 years ago, 10 years ago, however long ago it was. So, you know, I love that that story is being told. Um, and I think it's going to be... Look, if Randy Orton wins the title from Kofi Kingston, if anybody can be the biggest bad guy in the company and can take the title from Kofi Kingston, it's Randy Orton. But I think this is going to be the heroic moment that Kofi Kingston never got. And then Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I'm all Brock on this one. I am all Brock Lesnar. I want to see him win, and I want to see Seth Rollins with nothing left to fight for. I want to see him a shell of a man. And I want to see him be able to fight out of being that shell. I'll be on the kickoff show for SummerSlam as well, uh, along with a whole party of people. But uh, that'll be, I think, two hours before the show. An hour or two. I don't know. It'll be before SummerSlam. So tune in for that. I can't wait. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Don't forget to sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And don't forget this Monday. Go to carolines.com. Wrestling returns to being a live show Sunday, September 8th, New York City, Caroline's on Broadway. Tickets go on sale Monday at carolines.com. Get those tickets. We'll see you next week. Enjoy SummerSlam weekend. Toodaloo, everybody. Uh, goodbye. See ya. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam. 
Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.